Hey everyone, Matt Straub here, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we get going here, a quick schedule announcement. Mike Gallagher will be back on Friday with a season wrap-up episode. Going forward, though, it's going to be Wednesdays and Fridays during the offseason. We're going to drop the Monday episode, go to, I'll be hosting a Wednesday show, Mike will be hosting a Friday show. We're going to try to keep those coming at you all throughout the playoffs, all throughout the offseason as we get into the draft, free agency, etc. So stay with us through the offseason. A lot more to come this week and beyond. As for today, we have a somewhat hastily thrown together top 25 that I that I uh, put together quickly to discuss Tommy Beer is here with me to do that. Tommy, I think maybe the best way to do this is I will run through the list, uh, 1 through 25, and then uh, and then you'll rake me over the coals for whichever <laughs> ones uh, you feel the need to. It sounds good. Does that work for you? Yes, gonna... I, and, and I haven't checked out your list, so you'll get my first reactions here okay. as we you know, kind of go through it. I'm going to hold off my comments and my defense of these picks. These are presented without comment. To start with, my only okay. defense I'll say is I threw this together really quickly. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Number one, Anthony Davis. Number two, James Harden. Number three, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number four, Paul George. Number five, Carl Anthony Towns. Number six, Kevin 77 Games Durant. Number seven, <laughs> Steph Curry. Number eight, Damian Lillard. Number nine, Joel Embiid. Number 10, Nikola Jokic. Number 11, Bradley Beal. Number 12, Kyrie Irving. Number 13, Nikola Vucevic. Number 14, Rudy Gobert. Number 15, Andre Drummond. Number 16, Kemba Walker. Number 17, Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins? Number 18, LeBron James. Number 19, Jimmy Butler. Number 20, Clint Capella. Number 21, Drew Holiday. Number 22, Chris Paul. Number 23, DeAndre Ayton. Number 24, Miles Turner. Number 25, Mitchell Robinson. Now, I put a little inflection on a couple of those names, but let's go from here. Tommy, you have the list in front of you, correct? Yes, got it in front of me. Okay. Let's just run through let's just run back through these. Let's just run back down the list. Go yes. name by name. Let's let's start with A D. Yes. Um I don't know if I would have the stones to take him. I'm sure a lot of folks uh, are in a similar boat. Anybody that drafted him last year obviously was extremely uh, beyond happy for the first, uh, you know, 70% of the 60% of the season. And um, once the playoffs arrived, however, um, many people have been burned by AD probable. Um, So is he the best fantasy player? If everybody plays 82 games, there's nobody close. Uh, he essentially laps the field in terms of nine-category fantasy production. There's no arguments to be made really there. Regardless of where he ends up, whether it's the Lakers or the Raptors or the Celtics or back with the Pelicans, which won't happen, um, I think we can all agree, should he play, you know, even if you, obviously, if you told me he was going to play 72 games, you know, let alone 82, or, you know, 75, or I'd sign up for it right now. Um, but I don't know if I'd take him first overall. So I, I guess, you, you, but you feel confident he, the, the talent is just, the, the, the production is just too high to pass on. I, I had to go big right away. You know what I yeah. mean? Just let's get yeah. the hot takes fly here. Um, well, here's my thought. My thought is, look, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I do think, Whatever happens, most likely we have a chance to be looking at a honeymoon season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's that angle. Um, The two years before this one, he played exactly 75 games each season. I didn't have him. uh, I I wasn't invested in in him in fantasy leagues this year, so I didn't experience the agony of it. I'm trying not to hold a grudge from afar, (laughs) trying to be rational about it. I just just think... uh, 
yeah, assuming the situation pans out, I wouldn't hesitate to take him number one. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who I would rather have number one. I would probably. I, I mean, I think you could make you could obviously make a case for Harden. Sure. Uh, you could make a case for Carl Anthony Towns has missed what two three games his entire career. Paul George, I would probably pass. Giannis, I, I think, is only... The scary part about Giannis is the kid's only 24 years old, which is frightening. You know, he's just starting to scratch the surface. Um, if he can knock down some threes, I would probably lean... I'd probably either go Harden or Giannis if I had the number one pick, to be honest. Um, just, to, be just, Gian- to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. And Harden is is such an, a no-doubt number two for me um, yeah. on, the, on the board. Probably he would be the smarter, safer pick at one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's fun to get a little crazy right away. Giannis, Definitely. I have third. And look, he was number six in nine category leagues, but it's not hard to think of a scenario where he improves his free throws and threes just a little bit and makes another leap. So... Uh, yeah, you could talk me into taking him first as well, or second. Uh, just, just, and we'll we'll reference um, our buddy Mike Gallagher, fellow colleague here at Roto World, um, has also done a top ten and a top twenty column, two separate columns, the top ten and then eleven through twenty. So definitely check those out, and we'll reference this as we go through here. Interestingly, Mike has Giannis sliding all the way down to eighth. Uh, kind of just his his uh, explanation here is Giannis has a handful of knee issues the last two seasons, um, so he may be more likely to rest next year as well, which is um, certainly a, a valid point. Um, the Bucks were chasing sixty wins and the top record in Eastern top record in basketball this season, um, and Giannis is chasing MVP. Uh, and even in spite of that, that the Bucks sat him down sporadically or, or periodically due to the knee injury. So I certainly wouldn't be shocked if they decided to take a more proactive, careful approach with them going forward, especially as they want to secure his signature on a, um, a Supermax extension in, in 2020. That's fair. A, some forward thinking from Mike there. You know, as much as the, I said, the honeymoon season for AD, possible hangover yeah. season for Giannis, yeah. depending yeah. on how, how deep they go in the playoffs. Right. Um, I mean, Good if they point. win a title, yeah, you, I think you fear that even more, right? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it could definitely uh, certainly be, or yeah, or even advance the finals. Um, there's a lot of wear and tear um, dating back to um, the FIBA games last summer. Um, they were worried about his, his potential knee issue. So um, certainly something to keep an eye on. Paul George and Carl Anthony Towns, for me, feel like sort of no headache, no frills, number yeah. four and number five, something in that range. And if you want to put them higher, have at it. Yeah, I'm not as high on George. I probably should be. Once you dig into the numbers, it's hard not to like what you see with George. I mean, the guy just supplies numbers across the board. Um, Season high, incredible numbers um, last year. I mean, you could definitely argue for him as as a top three, top four guy. You got him fourth overall. Mike has him sixth, uh, just for a point of context. Um, One interesting stat I stumbled across on Paul George we we know about what he's going to do in terms of steals. You know, a perennial league leader in steals, solid percentages across the board, plenty of boards, plenty of points. Uh, also, the three point shooting is where he kind of took that next step in his in his development this year. Coming into this year, only two players in NBA history, uh, sorry, only one player in NBA history had made over two hundred eighty three pointers in a single season. That's Steph Curry. PG is already up to like two eighty nine or something this season. James Harden's going to join that list this year, I think. Um, as well, um, but that just kind of speaks to uh, the, the three-point production you get from George. And and to your point, little headache, not a lot of drama, not a lot of fifty-point triple doubles. You know, not a lot of eleven three-point games. You know, not a lot of set five steal six block Anthony Davis type games. But twenty-eight, eight, two, three, and and solid percentages every night for Paul George. So he's kind of um, they may he may not have as many highs, but but fewer lows than some of the other headache guys. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it sounds like you're pretty high on Towns. You mentioned potentially even putting him number one. 
Kevin Durant at six for me and Curry at seven are where I start to feel borderline terrible about things. Uh, and I think, honestly, I don't even know if I would take them in a draft, but it feels like they should be there for my reference because someone is probably thinking about them there. I am a little higher on both of those guys than you are, and pretty much for the same exact reason. The reason being, I don't think Kevin Durant's a Golden State Warrior next season. Right, that's um, fair. You know, so if you extract Kevin Durant from the Warriors, that opens up a ton of shots and usage rate, and the quote unquote you know focal point of the team um, is is back focused onto Steph Curry. I could see him exploding. You know. Yeah, back. you know what? Yeah, and I, apologies for interrupting there, you there, but I got excited, and that's a that's a very good point. <laughs> And when this comes out revised uh, in Round Ball Stew on Friday, there's a good chance Curry at least is moving up. Gotcha. Because, yeah, he, he could get into my top three when, when you think about it that way. Um, yep. KD, you know, played almost 80 games this year, which is great. Will he do that in his first year with a new team? When he uh, Is he trying to, you know, or is he going to kawaii it with, with a new team? No, I think he's... You know, the Warriors never appreciated me, so Nick fans, I'm going to give you 82 games of guts and glory and, and, and as much effort and energy. I'm going to make, make sure you guys think I earned this contract or, you know, or the Clipper fans or okay, whoever good. he does. You said Knicks fans there. I didn't know I, if you were I, already I, had him in a Knicks jersey. That was a Freudian slip, um, <laughs> so you can you can excuse me on that. But, yeah, no, if you, if, you, if you read all the tea leaves and the tea leaves being, you know, comments from executives and all the league insiders tend to feel that there is a strong proclivity, let's say, um, for Kevin Durant to end up in New York. We'll see how it ends up. But I, I think he does leave Golden State. Uh, you know, we've had this conversation before. I just think there's very little for him left to prove, assuming the Warriors cruise to another title. And you're right. Honestly, like, what a in some ways, what a great thing for fantasy owners and for the NBA to have KD and Curry yes. uh, both potentially just, just going beast mode and gunning for the number one overall spot. Uh, so, Anthony Davis, your spot's in jeopardy. Yeah, I think if you give Steph Curry truth serum, I think he'd want Kevin Durant to leave too, just so if, to see if he could reclaim that kind of Steph MVP vibe. And I think all fantasy guys would want to see that too. Right. Mainly Steph is thinking about being the number one fantasy player, right? I mean, oh, of course. 100%. <laughs> that's all that matters. I've got Damian Lillard eighth. He's number 12 in nine category leagues uh, on a per game basis, but I boost him up because of durability, consistency, in the vein of Paul George, just a guy who uh, you put him into your lineup every week and you, you truly do not worry about it. Hundred percent as boring as a guy that averages twenty seven and seven could be. That's what you get with Dame. And yeah, little to add. You, you, I think you nailed it with the with the Paul George comparison. Just set it, forget it, and be happy that you drafted Dame and Lillard. Not true for the guy I have ninth, and I am absolutely ambivalent about Joel Embiid ninth on my list. Man, he scares me. You know, he played a career high sixty something games this year, but that's he scares me, man. And, and, it, and it was frustrating down the stretch. I know for people. I, it's another guy I probably am not taking, even though I think he should go around here, if that makes sense. Totally understand where you're coming from. He finished the year 10th overall in nine tad leagues. I think with Embiid, and this is sort of and, and can be um, attached to Anthony Davis as well. I think it kind of depends on the league you play in. If you play in head-to-head league with week 26 is the finals or week 24 is the finals, whatever, you know, week 23 is the semifinals, whatever the case might be. I'd probably bump them down a little bit. If you play in a roto league, um, we don't have to worry about head-to-head competition and end-of-the-season stuff as much. 
I'll probably have him around 10, probably in the 12 to 15 area, just because of docking him a little bit for the little bit of an unpredictability going into the season. It's partially a product for me of, of there being a little bit of a fall off as we get toward the end of the top 10 of, of who, True. you know, not necessarily an obvious guy. You know, I think there's a pretty obvious top eight-ish. Um, yes. Inc- depending on, it doesn't matter where you have Lillard, but you know. Yep. In some order, A.D. Harden, Giannis, George, Towns, Durant, Curry, Lillard, I think is a pretty... Uh, Lillard, maybe not, but there's a pretty clear top seven. I think Lillard's safe uh, safe in eight, but you're right. And, and I think... But the other thing is, if you've got a late first-round pick, you don't want to... Do you want to take a guy that you're... You know, you want a guy with high upside, a guy that could finish the year in the top five, ideally, you know? So, uh, you know, Jokic, I, I'd probably take Jokic ahead of him. But outside of that, you know, I think Embiid is one of the guys that has a really, really high upside. Uh, just for context, uh, interestingly, Mike Gallagher does not have Embiid in his top 20. So uh, he has him in the, the next tier of guys, but he doesn't have him in his top 20. So that's where Mike's thinking on that. And since he's not in the top 20, we did not get an explanation. But I'm assuming, I'm uh, assuming all, well, he he just writes all this late season rest probably won't change as he gets older, which right. I, I think we agree with. It, it feels like he's a young dude with a, with a ton of miles. Yes, yes, yes. Jokic, I have tenth again. Another a similar story to Lillard. No headaches. I wish he blocked more shots, but other than that, I love him, and I certainly could take him earlier potentially a couple spots. Yep, uh, he finished the year 14th overall in nine cad leagues. Um, you know, so a few spots behind him, but obviously played more games. Uh, basically, just sat out for rest. Is any? I think he missed one other game the entire season. You know, which going to get 20 and 10, uh, a three pointer, a steal. Again, the blocks would 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 certainly be a nice little boost. But again, very safe, solid uh, late first round selection. 20 and 10, and oh by the way, seven and a half assists. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, forgot about that. <laughs> uh... Bradley Beal is my number 11. Looks like he gets another, most of another full season, if not a full season, without John Wall around, and I love that. Totally agree. Right there with you on Beal, right around the 10-12 area with him. He's been just a stud since Wall went down. Um, I think he's been inside the top 10 since Wall went down, and as you mentioned, Beal won't be back till February at the earliest. Even when he comes back, he'll sit out back-to-backs and play limited minutes, etc. And the other thing with Beal, uh, has proven incredibly durable. 170-plus straight games in a row for Beal. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a really solid, minimal headache guy. Beal has gone, by the way, remember when Beal was a headache and, and you had yes. all those leg issues? And yep. Yeah, crazy that he's become uh, such a rock. Kyrie Irving is 12th on this list currently. He could move in either direction as far as I'm concerned. Not a guy that I'm going to be prioritizing only because of, again, an, a guy who seems likely to play you know 60-something games every year. Do you think that changes uh, depending on where he's playing next year? Uh, I think he's less, I, I think any team that signs him to a $150 million contract is going to want to rest his knees and, you know, he's got some hardware in his knee. I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm not high on, on, on Irving. I'd probably have him closer to 20. It just worries me. The knee issues, the, the just, you know, I, I guess a lot depends on, on where he ends up. If he goes to a new team, I think he'll be more motivated, play more games. Um, whereas if he stays in Boston, I think they'll treat him with kid gloves and not, not quite to Kawhi territory. But certainly, um, you know, limiting his workload, limiting his minutes, etc. So I think we'll have to wait and to see where he signs this summer. It's a philosophical question in some ways, whether you want to prioritize guys who don't miss games or or swing for guys who are awesome on a per game basis and you know are going to miss games. And you hope that that window of missed games (laughs) happens kind of in the middle of the season and then they're, they're there for you down the stretch. I do err toward 
you know, not drafting guys like Kyrie, who who I, in my mind, are, are probably going to miss a bunch of games. But, you know, that doesn't always work out. Where do you have Leonard? Do you have, uh, so not you have... in my top 25. And, okay. So, and, and that's, so that's to say I plan to let someone else go down that road. Gotcha. Because he's great. I mean, like, number seven on a per-game basis. I just, watching fantasy teams that had him this year, I was just like, dude, you have no chance. <laughs> totally you know agree. I mean? <laughs> uh, and you nailed it. It's a risk-reward. It's, it's kind of how you value. Um, it's probably a lot of it has to do with your league format. If he slipped to around 20, I, I would have a tough time with passing on Leonard um, if he was still on the board and I was, uh, you know, late second round, something along those lines. But um, I certainly understand completely crossing him off the board and letting somebody else deal with his headache. That's fair, though. I mean, yeah, if you get into 20 range and he's not your best player, um, yes. then you're looking at some good things happening. I have uh, Vooch 13th. You were telling me, I think, offline before we came on here that Mike had him outside his top 25 is that another name he considers is that right that's correct outside, outside his top outside his top 20 he only listed 20 so he's got Vucevic as the second name after okay those. he says not necessarily guys that rank top 25 but you know that crossed his mind etc because for me Vuce is is such a lock to be top 12 I mean we don't know where he's going to play that's the caveat yes. but I also think after Orlando made the playoffs you got to think they're going to make a push to keep him um, and if he's in Orlando I just think he's a rock solid you know top 12-ish guy um, I think he's hit a ceiling this year, and he and he ranks twelfth in per game you know, nine cat leagues. That I I would have no problem taking him at fifteen. I I don't know if I'd have him quite as high as twelve. One because I think I could wait a couple more picks and still get him at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Um, and the other reason I don't know if he can match these numbers that he posted this year. Um, it's certainly possible. I certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, can he stay healthy the full season? He's always been rather durable. He's always been consistent. So I certainly wouldn't be shocked if he posted another top 12 season. But I probably, there's probably other guys I, if I was on the clock, I'd take. And the other thing, as you mentioned, he is an unrestricted free agent. Um, if he moved elsewhere, uh, that would definitely hurt his value. If he stays in Orlando, that's the best case scenario for Vucevic owners in Dynasty Leagues. Well, I love hearing that, though, because you're a smart guy who, who obviously knows hoops. And to hear you a little skeptical makes me think that I can get him you know, later than where I have him uh, in drafts next year. I think that'll be the case. I think his ADP will be closer. In other words, he'll be good value at his ADP. I think his ADP will be closer to, to say, 18 than 12. Because you got to remember, once we're in October, he's not one of those sexy names. You know, people will forget how just how good he was this season. And I think discounted, you know, because we'll see the Kemba Walkers of the world have a 35-point preseason game and et cetera, um, and, and some other guys where, he, where his value, or DeMarcus Cousins, et cetera, might, you know, sign with a new team and look healthy. Um, but, yeah, to, to your point, I think you could wait a little bit on him, um, and I think you'll be able to get him a little bit later than you might assume. But, you know, just in those examples, I'd much rather have Vucevic than, than Walker or Boogie Cousins, et cetera. You just mentioned a couple guys that, that are coming up on the list. I have Gobert, 14, Drummond, 15, Kemba Walker, 16, and Boogie, 17. I guess I would ask, do any of those jump out at you as ridiculous or all of those kind of seem generally in the right ballpark? Where do you have Boogie, I guess, would be my first question. Yeah, that's the only guy. I think uh, Gobert's definitely a top 12 guy. I think his ADP will be higher than Vucevic, for example, um, and I probably would grab him ahead of Vuce. Drummond's smart pick, safe pick. Kemba, I'd probably have him closer to 20 um, than the mid-teens. Boogie, I don't think I'll draft. I, I just don't think... I'm going to invest a high second round pick or mid second round pick, whatever the case might be. Again, if he fell to 25, I, I, I guess I'd roll the dice on him, but he won't. So I, I won't draft him. I, I assume that I won't draft him in any league. 
I'm just not comfortable. He burned. Listen, if you got if you drafted him this year, stashed him, and enrolled him in the playoffs, and and the last, you were smarter than I was because I didn't have faith that he I would. Didn't this, you know, and, I didn't at all. I, I didn't, but I'm going to stick with that same thought process that a six ten, two hundred seventy five pound guy playing on an Achilles, and even even though he put up good numbers, he's always a fantastic player, incredibly talented big man. He didn't seem quite as fluid. Um, another offseason, he should be able to knock some of that rust off. Obviously, a lot depends on where he signs. It won't be Golden. State. State, the max they can offer is like $5 million. He certainly earned a very wealthy uh, contract this offseason. He's certainly going to be looking to cash in. Uh, one of those teams, those big teams that has a lot of cap space, I think is going to probably invest um, foolishly, in my opinion, too much in him um, if they strike out on the Kawhis, Clays, Durants of the world. Um, I could see him, you know, whether it's the Lakers or the Nets or, or some team that has cap space, that doesn't get their primary target. Uh, I could see Cousins being a fullback. But from a fantasy perspective, I just I just don't trust it for a full 82-game season. I mean, that's probably smart. I'm partially baking into this. What he did for the Pelicans, you know, yeah. before the injury, I, he was just so He's ridiculous. Right He's before so he got hurt, too. He had like a 44.23 rebound, 10 assists, triple-double in there. Like, dude was just dominating. And... You know, you got to think he's going somewhere where he's a focal point, and I think he, if that happens, he's a top twenty-ish player when he's on the court. But yeah, a ton of injury risks. So I'm a little bit of a hypocrite here because I'm like, I don't want to draft Kyrie, but but I'll take Boogie. So yeah, it's similar to Anthony Davis. If you tell me Boogie's playing seventy-five games next season, I'd have him in my top eight, seven or eight, probably. To be honest, I just I just I'm worried about it happening. And where did you tell me that Mike had Boogie Cousins on his list? Uh, he had him 19 or 18. Let me check here. Uh, actually, he had him 14. So he, so he had him right around where you did. Um, he says if you stashed him and made the playoffs, uh, your team was fairly healthy. I bet you got a great shot at the title. And Mike points out he only played 26 minutes per game um, and was still a top 25 player. So the guy's upside is, is through the roof. I can't doubt that. I'm going to take you through 18 to 22 here. And this is this is certainly has a couple names in here that have not been controversial over the years, but now suddenly I think are controversial top twenty five fantasy guys: LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, Clint Capella, Drew Holiday, and Chris Paul at twenty two. And I think in some ways, Tommy, it's LeBron and CP three who are maybe the biggest question marks to be in the top twenty five. Totally. In so they finished twenty third and twenty fourth respectively. That's Chris Paul twenty three and LeBron James at twenty four this season in terms of per game nine category fantasy format. But Paul only played in fifty seven. LeBron, as we know, for the first time in his career, played fewer than sixty two. Yeah, played just fifty five games. So I think it'll be one of the very common talking points throughout the off season, throughout the preseason, throughout training camp, right up to draft day in October in, in fantasy leagues throughout the land is where do you take LeBron James? I'm going to, uh, maybe I'm a, being a bit of a hypocrite here. Um, it's maybe just because I have such faith in LeBron. I think it's kind of a quirky injury. It wasn't a knee. It wasn't a, you know, it was a groin injury. Those things tend to linger. Um, he tried to play through it. I think LeBron rededicates himself. Um, nobody is, you know, he's one of the hardest working guys in the league. Uh, I think he sees his mortality fastly approaching. I think Father Time is making a rush at him. I think he's going to fight his darndest to, to kind of fight off Father Time for another year or two. I think he's going to come out motivated. I think he's going to want to try and play 82 games. I think he's going to want to try to put up. He's All he's going to hear this summer, and I think he's and he'll probably repeat it and write it to himself above his mirror, and you know before his workouts, his mantra will be, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo's better than you. Kevin Durant's better than you. James Harden's better than you. You're not the best player in the world. I think you'll, you know, have people repeat that to him. And so for, for my money, I think LeBron comes back like a man possessed next season and has a huge season for the Lakers. I think you just wrote like an awesome Nike ad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing like, you know, like black and white at the start yes. and like, dude. I just almost got chills. That was good. Good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see one last hurrah type of yes. season from LeBron. I kind of have him at 18 in the hopes that someone will get him before me. But yeah, right. it starts to get interesting around there. That's for sure. Yeah, when I do my list, I'll probably have him at, at 12. You know, that as high as inside the top 15, I'm pretty sure. I know it's a risk, but that's where I'm at. Any gripes with Butler at 19, Capella around 20, Holiday around 21? Worries about worries about Holiday's injury lingering, anything like that? I don't. I think a lot of it had to do with them just kind of resting, sitting him down at, at the end of the season. I think you got him right about right. Capella, um, Mike actually has him 11, which I thought was kind of high. 13, rather. So he has him 13. So a, little, a few spots lower than you. But yeah, I probably have him around that 15 range. I think Jimmy Butler, people are sleeping on him. I think he's a little bit undervalued right now. Mike does not have him in his top 20. Doesn't even have him in the also listed guys. So um, I think Butler has a big bounce back here. Again, the caveat, a lot of this obviously depends on where he ends up. But Butler actually finished 16th overall, even bouncing between Philly and Minnesota. He was higher than Drummond, higher than Gobert, higher than Kemba. He's a little bit of an injury risk as well. Only played 64 games. But I think Butler's one of those guys that uh, even when he's causing headaches for his own team and his teammates and his coaches and his general managers, uh, from a fantasy owner's perspective, the guy gets it done night in, night out. Yeah, I kind of love Butler as a fantasy player more than as a real-life player. <laughs> right. But So Capella and Gobert, it's interesting because I like both of them a lot, but you are – signing up for you know basically four category guys uh, points rebounds blocks and field goal percentage primarily and i think that's hard to win with your best guy you know being someone who contributes in just those four categories do you agree with that certainly a valid point something to take into consideration something else is your league format do you play two centers um with no what utility spots do you play just one center there at that point a, a center is not as valuable but if you play in a league with uh, you know uh, yahoo and espn really have expanded the the eligibility of a lot of players nowadays so it's it's not as big an issue as it was back in the days um yahoo so is super generous with it su- super generous i mean it used to be there was like you know one guy a team qual- you know two guys a team qualified at center and now you get you know anybody that that logs a minute in the paint you know tends yeah. to be listed as a center so I think I saw um, Bradley Beal had second base eligibility this year. <laughs> exactly. Good utility guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I, I think we're kind of um, on the same page there. It's a you know risk-reward, but those two guys are, are also very solid. So you, one way you could look at it is locking up those, those four important categories. So I have Chris Paul 22nd. Again, I kind of hope someone will take him. I, I took him in the 30 deep league and ended up winning the title. I took him 23rd overall. I do feel like I got lucky there with Paul playing essentially to the very end of the season. So I'm not going to roll the dice on that again next year. Or at least I'm going to try not to. Um, I have DeAndre 8 and 23rd, Miles Turner 24th, and our guy Mitchell Robinson 25th. Turner, I don't think, is that spicy or interesting of a guy at 24. Aiton and Mitchell Robinson at 23 and 25. Your thoughts? Mitch Robinson is very intriguing. Obviously, I think a lot of it depends. Um, again, as we've said of players, he's not going anywhere. Then he'll stay a Nick. It's the question of 
who comes, uh, who do the Knicks bring in to surround him? Um, even if they bring in Durant and Irving and, and some other good players, I don't have a problem taking Mitch Robinson in my top 25 because he's a guy, the Knicks don't run any plays for him now as is, and he's still, you know, double doubles with three blocks and insane percentages. Um, one quick stat for you. Over the Knicks' last five games, he has three times as many blocks as he does missed shots. Um, <laughs> so, so that kind of tells you he's, you know, he's shooting 80, over 81% from the floor, over 70% from the floor. Or averaging three blocks, guy is just a, a nine-category fantasy monster. The only issue I would, pro- the only thing I'd have, have an issue with if the Knicks did something stupid like signed Boogie Cousins, or you know maybe they made a run at Vucevic because they struck out on Kyrie, or something weird like that, which I don't foresee happening. Assuming Mitchell Robinson is the center, even if they, they you know, they'll bring another center in, whether they re-sign DeAndre Jordan at a minimum, uh, you know, not a minimum contract, but you know maybe the mid-level exception, something along those lines. I think they realize what they have in Robinson. And as long as he gets 25 minutes a night, because that's all he needs is 25 minutes a night. Uh, he's a fantasy stud. So I will reach for him. I, I think his upside is through the roof. I think you'll have to reach for him if you want him. I think you'll have to spend a top 30 pick if you want him. Um, and, I, and I'm and i probably be willing to do that. At least I'll definitely make sure I have in at least one league and then maybe, you know, go from there. But um, I definitely want some Mitch Robb on my squad next year. Yeah. Robinson, the last two months, uh, that's 27 games for him as the number 12 player in non-category leagues, which is part of how he crept into my top 25. Tommy, I saw on Twitter you referenced him as Madison Square Guardian the other night. Is that <laughs> is that a Tommy Beer original? No, that was a I had a I had a Patrick Ewing poster in my room uh, from oh, the age of about right. nine to, to sixteen or something, um, and it was Madison Square Garden had two little had two German shepherds by his side. So um, <laughs> the 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 respect goes to the goat to the OG Patrick Ewing, but I, I repurposed it for for Mitch Rob. Time to Photoshop Mitchell Rob into yes. that poster. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right, so that's my top 25. Tommy, you, as we continue to, to mention Mike's, there were a couple names before we went online here that were inside Mike's top 20 that, that were worth mentioning. Hit me with them. Uh, sure, let's see what he has. Oh, well, this, I guess we have to, even though we've discussed it plenty of times, Mike has a hot take alert. He prefaces with Trey Young at 16. Yeah, that's a, that's a siren, siren, siren emoji, I think. That's like a 10 <laughs> siren emoji. Uh, well, you know I love Trey Young as a Hawks fan. We talked about him about 72 different times on this podcast. I'm a big fan in real life and in fantasy. You and I were talking a few weeks ago, and we both agreed, you know, we would look for him around the 35, 36 range in there, top 40 range. But it sounds yeah. like we may have to be more aggressive than that if we want to land uh, the rookie of the year on our fantasy teams. <laughs> yeah, I think Mike is always, obviously, is never shy to kind of stay on brand. He always picks a few guys um, that he gets on his team, and he certainly had some success in, in years past, even though, congratulations, I meant to mention it for knocking, uh, for, for recapturing the 30 deep title this year. Thank um, you. So Thank congrats you. on that. Um, but yeah, so Mike has success. Sometimes it burns him. Sometimes the guys he, he reaches for don't pan out, um, but he certainly has um, plenty of championship hardware. Um, but yeah, you know, it, and so for in leagues that we're in with other Roto World guys, particularly with Mike, I won't get Trey Young. I'll accept that. I will stick to my guns and, and keep him in my probably thirty-five to forty uh, rankings. I, if, over the last two months, he ranked forty-first overall. So can he match those numbers? It's possible. Um, certainly, if not probable, um, we'll see what the Hawks do. They have a bunch of cap space. They're going to have a high lottery pick, most likely, if not two, depending on where the Mavs pick 
ends up. Um, so we'll see how how they're they how they kind of round out their roster. Should be exciting summer in Atlanta. But yeah, I, I wouldn't reach above thirty. I wouldn't reach inside thirty for Young. So if somebody's going to go inside twenty, they're just going to get him. I have to accept that. Yeah, I mean it's going to be hard for him to duplicate those numbers or put up better ones playing alongside Durant. I mean, you know, KD <laughs> KD obviously needs a lot of shots. Uh, True. So something to keep in mind. Uh, Hey, Tommy, were there any others you wanted to mention? I know uh, Trey was a big one. He had, uh, just I'll, I'll run out the list. Um, he had basically matching you, but he did have Devin Booker at 15. He had okay. Russ Westbrook at 17. And I think everybody else we've discussed. Siakam. He also had Siakam oh. as an additional guy. Um, also had Brooke Lopez and threw in Zion Williams' name there just to get clicks. I'm sure Mike did it. but um, <laughs> he, uh, Yeah, but he mentioned Zion as, a, as a, certainly a dynasty target. Fascinating. We'll have Zion. We'll take up plenty of our summer conversations. Fascinating player to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And Booker's an interesting name, too, and, and one I certainly considered when I was putting this together. And I will be adjusting this a little bit based on our conversation and a little more rumination and writing about it in Round Ball Stew. That will be out on Friday. Tommy, do you have a column that you want to plug or anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, I'll have another notable numbers coming up on Wednesday. Not sure exactly what I'll be talking about. Probably just a little bit of guys that have really played out of their minds. Um, just kind of the silly season in the NBA. The Alex Caruso's, the Mario Hazonis of the world. Um, and then I'll probably take a quick look at the NCAA guys. Um, Zion Williamson, so, um, and some other guys that played well in the tournament to kind of whet our appetite for the draft and think about where they might, uh, some type of their production we can look at going forward next season. Dude, how great was that the other night? I was watching the Knicks-Wizards game. Place is going nuts for Zonia. It's amazing. It's... <laughs> amazing. I want I want MVP chance for him at Wednesday's game. <laughs> I was electric in there. Super Mario had him, had him on their feet. Absolutely. All right, so just a reminder with the schedule, we'll be back on Friday. Mike will have... His season wrap-up, I believe Jared Johnson is joining him for that one. And Wednesdays and Fridays moving forward will be the schedule as we get into the playoffs and the offseason. Take a moment to subscribe to the show if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Also, rate and review the show if you could. That's it for us. I will see you next Wednesday. Tommy, thanks for taking the time. We'll be talking to you throughout the offseason, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, brother. Thanks. All right, see you.